We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. September was looking bad, 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 right? There's a couple of days where I was asked to be on television in the afternoon and early evening in large part because that's when the producers in television go, oh, there must be something horrible happening. But we fought back. Stocks caught a second wind during the back half of the week, ripping higher, second straight day. The Evergrande crisis not yet materializing. The Fed offering soothing words about the economy and their tactics with raising interest rates for 2022. Salesforce got a bump after hiking its revenue forecast. All was good for the last two days. NASDAQ up 1% yesterday, SP 500 up 1.2%, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.4%. Being the winner winner chicken dinner that it was, Salesforce was up 7%. Yesterday we learned the boosters are ready for takeoff. Three, two, one. The CDC recommended that the U.S. administer Pfizer booster shots to people 65 and older, people ages 50 to 64 with underlying health conditions and nursing home residents, as long as it's been at least six months since their second Pfizer dose. The CDC will need to endorse the plan, and qualified Americans should soon receive booster shots soon thereafter. This is a nasty little virus. I now know a seven-year-old who has it. It's bad. Proposed EU rule as Apple all in anger. What happened? What happened, Apple? Why are you mad today? Basically, the European Commission proposed a rule that would require small tech gadgets like phones, tablets, and headphones to have the same standardized chargers. I know you're saying uh, that USB-C or that lightning charger. The proposal is trying to get European citizens from throwing out perfectly good charging cables every year which the EU Commission thinks is over 11,000 tons of charging cables every year. If the law is passed, electronic manufacturers will have two years to make all new devices USB-C compatible, so consumers won't need to buy a new charger with every new device. The EU has been trying to cut down the number of cords that citizens junk since 2009. Let's stop and think about that for a second, because I have a drawer of charging cables. I think you do, too. Tim Cook says, get your dirty, filthy hands off my charging port. Well, I didn't exactly say that. Apple notoriously makes a ton of money 
when you would go out and buy their equipment. And in the past, it seems like, hey, this charger isn't working with my phone, and my phone says it's not valid equipment. It could cost the company up to a billion dollars to change its course, even though the new iPad versions have USB-C ports. In 2018, 21% of all smartphones sold in the EU had a lightning port. So Apple says this charger mandate will create even more waste when everyone dumps their different cords to replace them with a new one. Apple and the EU have been getting it along pretty well. Um, okay, not so well. <laughs> the regulators are down. They're on to Apple and Facebook. Apple and the EU, EU um, antitrust battles are going to be epic going forward. Let's see what else is out there. The FAA has released fresh numbers that say while the problem of unruly passengers on flights remains historically high, it's on a gradual descent. Yep, Americans don't fly well. Airlines, including Southwest and American, have banned alcohol sales on flights until 2022. Well, it sounds like I'm not going to get on a flight till 2022. Just kidding. No. 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 The net worth of U.S. households rose to a record $141 trillion in the second quarter, up 19.6% a year ago. Net worth is your savings, your stocks, your real estate, minus your liabilities like loans, credit card debt. The unprecedented rise in net worth reflects two defining trends in the U.S. economy, a surging stock market and a white-hot, white-hot, white-hot housing market. Of the $5.8 trillion increase in net worth, stocks accounted for $3.5 trillion. Real estate was responsible for about $1.2 trillion of worth being created. So that's interesting note. Now, the higher net worth also came with higher debt levels. Household debt jumped 7.9%, a more rapid pace than in previous quarters spurred by rocketing home prices and new mortgages to cover borrowing costs. So that's out there today. We're doing well. I think the story of the week has to be the persistent global chip shortage and the rebound in the stock market. The persistent global chip shortage is costing the auto industry $210 billion in revenue, double its previous estimates. Automakers are expected to lose about 7.7 million units of production this year. Um, in an industry that pulls in 17 million cars and they're going to lose 7 million of those cars, that's a lot of people not needed to work. Dr. Fauci is one of the prominent figures to work out a deal to keep funding the government past next Tuesday. White House Budget Office told federal agencies yesterday to prepare for the first shutdown in the COVID era. And Fauci said, yeah, quote, the worst time in the world we want to shut down the government is in the middle of a pandemic where we have 140,000 people a day getting infected and 2,000 people a day dying. Kind of agree with that one. But we got that. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Taking a look at some of the other top stories of the day. Um, the hot rebound effort is cooling off going into the weekend. Nike provided disappointing fiscal and 22 year 2022 guidance. 
on kind of supply chain. Stocks down 5% in pre-market action. I like Nike as a long-term patient investment. And what's happening in Asia is there's a big build in the number of COVID uh, infections. And again, factories are shutting down, going offline for weeks at a time. You know that Nikes are made overseas. You remember that. This is not a big surprise. Reports indicate Evergrande did not make an $83 million coupon payment or a dollar-denominated bond. That's going to be an interesting 10 more days. So far, it looks like China doesn't want them to fail. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's the Rob Black and Your Money Podcast. You can catch Rob Black every weekday morning on AM 1220 KDOW from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Listen online at kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. Stock stock market has been rebound-minded, rebound frame of mind, mindset, and something along those lines. Since Monday's lows, we've been looking to come off. Um, there's some concern. 5% corrections typically are not enough to get the speculation out of a market. You tend to need about 10 to 20% to really get the froth out. Evergrande, being a big real estate developer, having leveraged a lot of money, them missing interest payments in China tells you that we may be at a top in real estate for a bit. The People's Bank of China is declaring all crypto-related activity illegal. While that is a local view, it has to make you think, what if the United States said the same exact thing? So we just lost the world's second biggest economy to digital currencies. That's actually a really big story. China, it's pretty interesting because they were doing a lot of the data mining early on. Um, crypto mining, not data mining. Same idea in my head, sorry. And a lot of the people who made coins are trying to hide their fact that they made money on a currency that's pretty easy to hide the fact that you own it. But it's telling you it's not worked out exactly the way people wanted it to. Let's see how Bitcoin's trading today, because that should be interesting. Down about 4.4% to 42,162. I own no digital currencies at this time that I know of. Rising interest rates, which will one day happen. One day soon, my prince will come. When interest rates move higher, it'll be a headwind for the stock market. So start putting together why Wall Street had a little bit of a freak out this week and last week, and you'll see, like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. The August new home sales report. Could have some sway today, as well as the home building stocks. Rising interest rates should, at some point in time, crimp new home sales. There won't, how shall we say, be a banner reason to close out the week today. Used car prices are surging again. Probably going to get worse before it gets better. Again, it's the semiconductor shortages due to supply issues, due to factories being held up. And if you take a look out at the San Francisco Bay or the Los Angeles Harbor, you'll see just lots and lots and lots of boats waiting to come in and dump product in America for sale. As the Fed has said, next year we're raising interest rates. 
I've said this before and I'll say this again. And I've been wrong every single time I've said this. At some point in time, mortgages are going to be more expensive. Keep in mind, 30 days ago, I just got one of the cheapest mortgages I could have dreamed of. But the Federal Reserve warned on Wednesday that it's close to being ready to taper the bond buying program. And that right there should start pushing interest rates a little bit higher because when you buy, you drive the rates down. The Fed's purchased $40 billion worth of mortgage-backed securities each month. These purchases have pumped tons of liquidity into the mortgage industry, allowing lenders to drop interest rates to historic lows to kind of push demand. So we're talking about a sub-3% mortgage rate. 30-year fixed is at 2.88 right now. 15-year fixed is at 2.15. The average rate for a five-year treasury is 2.4%. If next year, the 30-year moves from 2.88 to 3.5 or 4, that's a huge move up. The cost of what you can afford will go... Well, we're not going to say what the cost of what you can afford, but if you're, not, if you're not getting the same similar kind of wage gains and stock market gains, you won't be keeping up with the less what you can buy in real estate. That's one of the big stories out there. The iPhone seems to be selling really, really well. Um, I bring this up because so far what we've really seen is what's in China. Consumers can't wait to get the iPhone 13. Global pre-orders seem to be up 20% ahead of last year. And we keep going, oh, it's probably not going to be as great of a year. And Apple seems to keep managing it beautifully. Prices for the iPhone 13 mini start at $699. The iPhone Max goes, starts at $1099. But I think if you get it fully loaded with memory, you're looking at closer to $1,400. So Chinese consumers, though, seem to be pushing global demand, even though the new phones aren't vastly different from last year's. Um, my phone is three and a half, almost four years old now, and it's just beat up. It's done. So yes, I'm going to get a new phone. I think I'm getting last year's model for free, something like that. Global demand could be partially fueled by users who may feel it's time for an upgrade in a post-vaccine reopening environment. Look at me. I'm wearing pants. I'm not on a Zoom call. I'm wearing pants. And I have a new phone because phones are considered you know, luxury items in this day and age. So Apple's in the news with good demand. What else do we need to hit this segment? Growth stocks have underperformed amid continued rise in long-term interest rates. Yeah, that, the interest rates are going to be an issue. And they're going to be a headwind. It's going to be tougher to move the plane forward. It's going to be more fuel used to push the economy. Costco is an earnings winner after beating earnings to share estimates. Total adjusted comparable sales were up 9.4%. You know, Costco has a funny line in their earnings call where they talk about how many people who are dead who still have memberships. That's just a weird one for me. I'm not a big fan of um, samples. <laughs> I know you're saying, how do you not like free samples? Just don't like them. Stay away from me. When I go to, when I go to a store and they're like, hey, you want to try, try this cheese whiz? I'm like, no, stay away. 
you might have COVID. Stay away. Uh, did I tell you I've got a, a friend's kid, six years old, six, seven years old, has COVID? Isn't that crazy? The amount of people that we know. Like, my mom died. So, but you're like, yeah, old lady, I get it. Anyhow, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Bitcoin and Ethereum are sinking today as China's central bank says crypto transactions are illegal. I would say that's bad news for crypto enthusiasts. You're taking a big potential market away, and you're also asking what other governments will follow suit. It's very interesting times. American Airlines and JetBlue Alliance is under threat. Um, why? U.S. Justice Department. Six states in the District of Columbia are attempting to block the partnership, alleging it eliminates competition in New York and Boston and would ultimately result in higher fares for travelers. Do we still have a Justice Department that looks out for this kind of stuff? <clears throat> The airline industry, and I know I'm not telling this to an audience that doesn't know this. I've seen a lot of consolidation. There's basically Delta, United, Southwest, American Airlines. And then you get the smaller players like JetBlue who partner with American Airlines to be part of that big four. It's interesting because the Justice Department in the last couple of years, every time we're talking about them, we're not really talking about air fares. We're not talking about what we historically have grown up knowing they do for us. We've been focused a little bit more on how tech companies are run with the Justice Department. It's actually kind of nice. <clears throat> I'm surprised it took this long, but it did. The White House is weighing in on the chip shortage. And it's got people's attention. When the chip shortage hit, everyone's like, oh, Tesla's going to have to shut their factory for a day. No, no, it's going to be more than that. And when factories get shut, people don't get paid. And when people don't get paid, they go on unemployment. And the government says, enough is enough. So they make an update on a manufacturer's headed to the White House to discuss efforts to ease car production bottlenecks, and deal with potential pitfalls related to the spread of the Delta variant of COVID-19. The big three, General Motors, GM, and Stellantis, Apple, Micron, Microsoft, Intel, all going to attend. The Biden administration is seeking information about the variety of problems that everyone's facing out there. We have a lot of transparency, transparency in the supply chain, trying to meet the goals of the automakers. Government's also ramping up early alert system to help reduce the impact of plant shutdowns related to the pandemic. Incredibly long lead times, complexities of producing chips. It's it's not something we danced well around in COVID during the shutdowns. Um, it was a complicated buying and selling process. Like I said, the long lead times to say that you need. 42,000 R1D23 chips, which is totally different than what your factory's been manufacturing for the last six weeks. Car makers will lose production this year of 7.7 million vehicles. And the good news and bad news for the car companies is they know that people out there need cars. 
there's a certain amount of car accidents every year. There's a certain amount of cars that make it to 100,000 miles, and that's it every year. So if they're only going to sell X, they're not going to sell any of them for a discount. And if you want a used car to tie you over until you get that dream car that you wanted, there's not really making them. They're not flooding the market with new cars. Markets aren't doing a whole heck of a lot today. And it's interesting because it's been so dramatic in the last, I don't know, eight trading sessions. We're right across the board, but it's not bad. Like the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down less than a point. Like that's that's just less than a point. That's eh. that's like going in the water and Jaws coming up to you and Jaws just taking off a fingernail. Eh. Less than a point. I thought you were a much tougher shark than that. I thought you were going to eat me in half. The NASDAQ down 56, the Russell 2000 down 6. NASDAQ's a little bit weaker than everyone else, but it really, it's okay. Now, we're talking about semiconductors not being enough of them to manufacture cars, supply and demand. Not being enough supply of cars with a stable amount of demand, they're not going to have to discount. Sales of new U.S. single-family homes, also a game of supply and demand, were more than expected in August. New home sales increased 1.5%. July sales pace was revised up to 729,000 units from the previously reported 708,000. Um, again, the stories today really aren't shocking. I don't think I, I don't think you're shocked, are you? Anything that we're going to talk about, we're talking about here. Energy's doing well today. Energy's had a great year. Oil, utilities are doing well, consumer staples are doing well. This is a very defensive day. Utilities and consumer staples. Staples, things that we have to have, like food. Good economy, bad economy, got to have food, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 63% of Americans in metro areas and 39% of rural workers live paycheck to paycheck. The pandemic has hit us all in the bank account in one way or another. Some people have saved a lot more money. And some people have learned to be very, very frugal because they don't have new money coming in. It is a systemic problem. When I tell you 63% of U.S. workers living in metro areas are struggling to break out of the paycheck-to-paycheck financial cycle. For rural workers, it's better at just 39%. Of the major issues facing millions of workers is the way wages have stagnated over the last few years. Now, it's interesting. We've seen a lot of wage inflation in the last 12 months in, not across America, but in restaurant and hotel and leisure, an area that truly needs it. But the rest of the United States not getting that 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 impact of it. We've seen modest increases in the federal minimum wage over the last 30 years. Those changes often barely adjusted for inflation, let alone the cost of living. I would say the cost of living in many areas in the last 18 months have, have dramatically risen. Cost of living is skyrocketing, and that's why we're living paycheck to paycheck. Housing costs are hitting record highs. Pricing a lot of folks out of cities that they want to work in. Median rents can easily push to $1,500. Getting a mortgage in a home for a city is very pricey if you're living paycheck to paycheck. 
you're probably not going to break the system. All signs say right now federal minimum wage hike is a hard sell at best. It would help a lot of people, though, as far as the living paycheck to paycheck. If there was a golden rule when it comes to investing, it's something like you can't spend your whole paycheck. If there's a golden rule when it comes about talking about retirement, it's you can't spend your whole paycheck. You can't be a paychecker to paychecker type. And we're seeing that just a little bit too much. 10-year Treasury note is pushing up to 1.45%. Two weeks ago, we were sitting at 1.3%. That will impact the cost of credit cards, the cost of houses, mortgages. So we're paying close attention to this. Real estate sector is the biggest lagger today. Cheesecake factories in the news. I know you're saying yummy, delicious. Yes. Jeffrey's upgraded select restaurants to buy following Delta inflation sell-off. Cheesecake Factory and Dave & Buster's are two of the easiest stocks for me to talk about. It may be BJ's Restaurants, because um, you've probably been there, or you at least know the idea. Independents and small chains lost a lot of money during the recession. Um, do we call it a recession? It wasn't really a very long recession, was it? Um, during the COVID pandemic. So now you're starting to see numbers for Cheesecake Factory and David Buster's come out at better than expected pre-COVID levels. And there's a lot of awareness about going out to dinner right now. And improved convenience and digital assets have been really accelerated for all food-related uh, investments in the last year, year and a half. couple years ago, we were talking about losing workers through more robotics. Now we're talking about needing workers and paying them more in the restaurant industry. Um, it is very, very interesting. I, where are we at now? August, September? We're at the end of September. And my favorite restaurant still doesn't open on Mondays or Tuesdays in large part because they can't find enough staff. Worthy of note. New home sales were up in August, but slow down clear in year-over-year numbers. President Biden's talking about COVID-19 today. We'll tune into that, see if there's anything important coming out of his mouth. Take a break here. We'll be right back. It's Rob Black and your money. The show, find me online at robblackshow.com. <laughs> 